Good morning, everyone, and thank you for tuning in. If you've lost track of the days, it is Wednesday, Wednesday, April the 8th, and this is our normal spot, the first Wednesday of the month following the first Monday of the month where we speak with Mayor Josh Marsh, and of course, he is gladly here with us today, but no council meetings to recall, correct? Correct, Jody. Good morning, everybody. Of course, we uh, suspended all of our meetings for April for the city of Greensburg. Unless something major comes up, we've uh, we've tabled all of our public meetings to help flatten the curve as it relates to COVID-19, um, just like a lot of counties. So we didn't actually have a meeting, but still wanted to be sure we had an opportunity to talk with the WRBI listeners and share a little bit about what's happening in Greensburg. And with that, there's a lot of... Um... Maybe people aren't sure about what services are running still. So for the city, what is still functioning? As a whole, the answer is everything is still functioning. Um, when it comes to city hall items, our utility office, our clerk treasurer's office, building, planning, engineering, and of course my office, we're all operating from home for the most part, unless there's something that needs to be done in the building they're operating outside there. I still come into the office every day, catch up on emails, respond to phone calls. Of course, we're lots of Zoom meetings going on right now, teleconferencing, and we continue to be in touch with all of our partners. When it comes to outside services, the street department is still working like they would normally. And of course, they are in charge of our sanitation, our trash collection process. So we can't have that stop. And uh, those guys out there are sort of on the front lines as well because, you know, they interact with everybody's garbage cans and the garbage cans are getting heavier as people are eating at home, you know, every meal since Decatur County restaurants are closed. So uh, major shout out to them and, and all of their co-workers down there. Of course, we've got police and fire on the front lines as well, responding to calls. They continue to operate as normal, but have taken some precautions and limiting public exposure, an example being the buildings are closed and things like that. But they are still operating like they would every day. We respond to calls. We're out there to help the community. And then our sort of behind-the-scenes unsung heroes are our water and wastewater um, guys and gals that work for us there. They have to operate those plants 24-7. We only have a select number of people that can actually run the facilities, so we've got to keep them healthy and separated from each other in case one of them does contract COVID-19. We can still provide those essential services. So, Everything, for the most part, is up and running with the city. We're here to work for people. We've been fielding questions left and right, and I continue to stay in contact with the commissioners and the business community as we go through this. What do you feel so far is the um, question you get the most during this pandemic? Well, it's it's sort of unfortunate um, that we have to have these conversations, but generally the, the question that we get the most is, is, is my business essential or can I be open? Now that substitute in what they do or what they, what service they provide. But that's the big question from sort of the business side of things. And then the community is really looking for just some answers or directions or information on what is happening. Um, I know the health department and the hospital continue to do a good job and I'm trying to be a point of information as well and share some things that are public information, but maybe aren't very well shared or, or well known. So people just want to know what's happening. And, and I guess that's where I step up and hopefully can lend us some assistance with that part of it. I'm not a healthcare professional, but uh, have learned a lot over the last couple of weeks about this uh, too. But those are sort of the two big things, information and 
can I be open? Absolutely. And I will have to say I had to reach out myself during the travel warning to Chief Brennan Bridges um, when it uh, the ordinance came out last week, um, just because there was some questions on things I needed to get done that I was unsure of. So let's talk a little bit about that. Did you have any say, any help in with the county commissioners um, for that ordinance that is restricting travel and business and, and such? Yeah, so it's been a really collaborative team effort. Um, we have a call at least every other day, if not more frequently, discussing with the sheriff and police, EMS, EMA, the commissioners, the council, the hospital, health department, the city. Um, there's just a ton of people that are involved in that, and it's, it's an ongoing discussion, and the commissioners have been very open and, and listening to everybody's point of view. So, yeah, we talked about it. Um, it is I, I would not want to be in the position to sign the line because it is an incredibly tough decision to shut down commerce and industry to the level that we have. But when you look at the state map, and we are somewhere between 6 and 10 highest number of cases in the state, and then you look at our population, that moves us into the very high per capita basis. And, of course, Franklin and Ripley County and a lot of WRBI country is like that, too. So – it's an aggressive maneuver. I'm hopeful that it will help. I'm glad to be a part of the team deciding and working through those decisions. But uh, nobody takes it lightly, and nobody is excited to see us close. And uh, that ordinance with the county runs through Thursday. But uh, as you know, the governor issued his new executive order yesterday, so the discussion is ongoing, including this afternoon, about how that affects Decatur County's ordinance. That's correct. And in that, he's closed campgrounds now. but And we actually, um, I believe the one in St. Paul is um, technically still in Decatur County. Um, and people live at that campground. How um, Are there other areas such as that in Decatur County? So if they, that's, that's a very interesting piece of the executive order that was put together. And there was actually a exception made if those individuals genuinely have no other place of residence, they may remain at the campground. Um, so they, they actually can stay if they can't go anywhere else. Um, but of course there's no overnights permitted in the state park, such as for sales or any of the others that have campgrounds. Um, but the, he did make an exception for those that live in those facilities. Absolutely. Now, the governor's ordinance, of course, allows restaurants still to work as well as retail businesses. Um, but this, the county one supersedes the governor's order, correct? That is the current interpretation. Um, counties and city governments can be more restrictive than the state. They just cannot be less restrictive. There is an interesting part to the governor's that does not allow for travel restrictions to be made above an orange level or a watch. Um, so that that's a bit of a conflict with our current ordinance because we are prevented in some readings from the governor's new executive order from doing that. So I think that that's a, a legal question. I'm sure lawyers are looking at that and I'm sure the commissioners are looking at that as well. Absolutely. If And if it stands at that or... Um, would you stand behind the recommendations of orange level of allowing restaurants to do curbside delivery and such? 
I think that it's, that's also a very interesting point and question to all of this. Restaurants are high infection points, right? We have people that are making food or distributing food or collecting money and handing it out windows. And it's kind of a high point of contention and, and infection. I believe that our restaurateurs throughout the community do a fantastic job of keeping us safe. You know, they go through annual inspections and the health department's been very involved in this. I think it's an interesting time because we continue to have high numbers of cases and that's a high infection point. But if the commissioners decide that they would like to reopen restaurants, and again, I reiterate that they have not decided that. Sure. Um, it, that would be, that's fine too. If restaurants want to stay closed for the protection of their employees or their selves, that's fine as well. So I think there's just a lot of unknowns at this point in time and really depends on sort of the essential business component of this, because the other piece that's a high infection point is people potentially going to work. If they can't provide an employee, you know, the 144 square feet that they should have around them being six feet in every direction, um, then that, that doesn't help negate the curve or flatten the curve either. So. And that brings up an interesting, spot to be in. yeah, that brings up an interesting, um, question i guess so i saw a picture on on uh tuesday of new indiana state police troopers not social distancing um and so with that there were six of them they were all standing shoulder to shoulder um and that was a very confusing photo to see now um and when i think about that photo i think about the firemen because the firemen have six people in the firehouse and then um two people in the Station two, which is easier to social distance with two people than six. Um, how are the guys getting along with doing that and staying safe? Yeah, it's definitely a tough situation. And I continue to be in contact with Chief Sturmer about that, too. You know, their safety is a top priority because we cannot have a whole shift go into quarantine. We don't have that many backup firefighters, if you will. So they've taken extra precautions. They go through screenings every day when they come on to shift. And then I believe they may have implemented a second screening midday, mid shift. And it is a piece that is challenging in our current fire station because it is small. It is built for just that many people or that many guys. So they are taking extra precautions, making sure that everything is clean and sanitized more frequently and in a more robust manner. But they're, they're doing the best that they can. And while technically probably not six feet apart all of the time, just because there's not enough square footage, they are aware that they are at a high risk category and, and making sure that they take extra precautions and are self-aware. And I think that's a big thing for people, no matter what industry you're in, be self-aware of your symptoms, your body. If you feel like you have a fever, if you feel like you have symptoms, share that with before you go to work or share that before you go someplace and, and just be cognizant that it's not just you that you're potentially carrying it and can infect other people. And I think the firemen and the police officers who have to work out of a squad room and, and mostly out of their cars, which is good, um, have taken that to heart. Absolutely. That's wonderful. It's good to make sure we keep them safe every day, but more so now than ever. Now, um, I was wondering, are there any regional efforts to connect on how the other southeastern counties are handling this. As you said, you know, Franklin County, Ripley County also reporting really high numbers for their um, per capita. And um, I actually noticed that uh, 
A member of the health department last week made a post of very concerning amounts of um, in regards to that the county, our county, didn't receive enough PPEs really for even one shift at a hospital. Um, is there any connecting with other counties to see maybe a regional effort to help keep our health care and our first responders safe? Yeah, so I, I think the big piece of that is, you know, again, we continue to have those calls. The hospital seems to keep relaying that they have a yellow level of PPE, which is sort of a warning that they are burning through it, but that their supply chain is stable, um, which is good because they're a big user. But then that doesn't help with nursing homes or, or assisted living facilities. It doesn't help with funeral homes. It doesn't help with EMS or fire and police outside the EMS bubble. Um, so, yeah, it is concerning, and, you know, we continue to try to work with our state and federal representation, both Senate and representatives, to find solutions for that. And I know, you know, the state got a lot of it on a number basis from the feds, but when you divide it up amongst counties, it's not that much per county. I think there's always room for more, and, of course, we're a high per capita county, so we should be at the top of the list, and I'm, I'm hopeful that our Indianapolis uh, – representatives and different pieces will help with that and i'm i'm sure that they will but it's also um one of those things that where everybody's everybody's hunting for it everybody's looking to buy it everybody needs it and uh have oh to actually answer your question there have been some regional discussions with counties that have less cases that received more sharing and buying and, and different pieces like that so i that that sort of falls in the health department realm and uh, the director over there, Sean Durbin, or Dr. Orlando, would probably be a good contact for that and ask about that, or Rex McKinney, the CEO of the hospital. But, yeah, there are, there are some regional efforts. And I, I always want to remind people when we get into discussions like this is we are all going through this for the first time. There is nobody to call in another county that has gone through it before 10 years ago or 15 years ago. So everybody, every health department director, every hospital CEO, every commissioner and mayor – are always emailing and talking with others in their field to sort of find a solution for it because nobody's been here before. So the regional component is helpful. It also sometimes generates confusion because there is nobody to turn to who's a knowledge expert per se, but instead just looking out for their county and their employees. That is very good information. Now, kind of shifting the conversation here a little bit, um, I think one of the concerns for most of the residents in, in Greensburg and, and everywhere, honestly, is, is unemployment. And I say Greensburg specifically because we're a manufacturing town, and right now those manufacturing facilities are, are shut down. Not only, you know, we've talked about the retail businesses and, and such and restaurants, but um, manufacturing is kind of the heart of industry in Decatur County and, and Greensburg and um what are some concerted efforts and things that citizens can do to help with their financial stress? Yeah, so, of course, Honda announced earlier this week that they would be suspending production through May 1st, um, which is a very large shutdown for our, our largest employer and a regional employer. Um, and then, of course, we do have several suppliers that supply Honda and other automotive industry across the nation. So yeah, by being an industry-centric town, this is hitting us very hard because the country has stopped on the industrial side of things as well. 
So in, in of course, there's the state unemployment insurance options and be patient with them. I know that they have been inundated with phone calls and messages and things, and that sometimes it's hundreds of people on hold at a time. I know Fred Payne, the director of the Department of Workforce Development, has said that they've hired people, they're getting them online, they're training them at breakneck speeds, and that they've been gearing up for several weeks. And there's a backlog for those people who are in our community outside of being a employee, um, someone that's an independent contractor or part-time or works in a, in a sort of self-employment situation, if you will. They are working to get them unemployment insurance as well as part of the Federal CARES Act, but the system wasn't built for that. So they're having to retool their system while being overloaded um, with cases. So everybody, if you're listening and you need that, be patient with the unemployment insurance company or the Department of Workforce Development. Stay in touch with them. Keep trying. Hopefully you can get there sooner uh, than later. And they are running about three weeks out on that, I've heard, over the last couple of days. So that's one thing. Uh, local business owners and people can apply for the PPP, the Paycheck Protection Program, which come under the federal government CARES Act as well. That is up to two and a half times what they would pay employees in eight weeks. They have to apply for that online. And then there's also the small business loan program grants that the feds are doing. You have to apply through your bank. And anybody locally that needs help with that can contact Jeff Imsweller at the Decatur County Greensburg Chamber of Commerce or Brian Robbins at the Decatur County Economic Development Corporation. They can help you navigate that or get you in contact. They also have a lot of really good resources on their websites. So be sure to go check those out if that's something that you need help with. And then as we move further down the food chain and get more localized, if, if you are short on uh, money or income, there are local programs that are in place. Of course, we are not disconnecting anyone's water or wastewater service while we're in a public health emergency. We still are sending bills, and you will still be responsible for the bill. We're just not terminating anyone's water at this time. There's also um, different food pantries in town that are open and available. Uh, Bread of Life is continuing their hours of operation on a carry-out drive-through basis only. Um, just get a hold of them. You can find them online, on Facebook, uh, wherever. They're over off of uh, Randall Street, which is on the east side of town. But also earlier this week on Monday, a Gleaners Food Bank was here in Decatur County, and I believe on Tuesday they were in Ripley County. And here in Greensburg, they served over 500 people. It created quite a traffic jam on Broadway. And we are working with them to potentially move the location for the next one to help prevent the traffic jam. But I, I just know that they had a lot of people come through, and, and that's disheartening. Um, but that service is available. We will try to post the information about the next time Gleaners is in town on our Facebook page. But just the warning that they their informational heads up is very limited. So we'll try to do the best we can, just keep an an, ID, an eye on the WRBI website, the city's Facebook page, and things like that, so that that information is available. Absolutely. And finally, on this on this question, um, we have the school lunch program that is available for anyone who is 18 and under. The distribution sites in the city of Greensburg proper, the YMCA, on Mondays and Thursdays, and then at the school complex on Mondays and Thursdays as well. 
So those are for anyone under the ages of 18. Um, they can go through there and, and pick up food, and they're built on Mondays. There's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursdays is Thursday, Friday. So those are all things that are being done as partnerships with the school and the YMCA and several other community groups that have done tremendous amounts of volume. And uh, I know the police chief's looking at getting the food pantry that he and the police department had worked to build over the last year accessed out and distributed out because it's going to not do any good at the school. I mean, it was sort of a supplementary program during the school year. And with the school year being canceled, I know he's looking to free up those resources and is working on that this week. Excellent. So several different options for people. You know, everybody is trying. It's a it's a teamwork effort right now. This is new to all of us, new to the unemployed, new to the officials that help and, and guide us. So and unfortunately, right now, even with all those wonderful things that people are trying to do to help, there's still scams out there. Have you heard of any residents that are reporting scams in our area? I know that there have been um, some sort of one-off scam issues here locally. Um, hasn't been as many as I might have expected. Of course, my time at the Attorney General's office and Kristen Williams, the Communications Director for the City of Greensburg, spent a lot of time while she worked for the Attorney General's office traveling, talking about this. So it's something that's uh, close to us and, and both very knowledgeable about it. So we, we actually just sent out some information uh, yesterday morning and, and posted a video on our Facebook page about um, the way that scammers potentially work. So we want to be sure to remind everybody, you know, the federal government is not going to call you and ask you for your bank routing information. They're not going to email you. They're not going to text you. They will send you mail. Uh, the stimulus check that the federal government is working on issuing is a big point at the moment. You know, they're sending out information that looks like it's coming from the IRS to say, this is needed. We need your routing number. We need your bank account number. Do not give it to them because if they don't already have it, then they will mail it to you. So uh, treat all of those emails with caution and make sure that the subject line and the information is all accurate. Be careful of things that claim coronavirus testing. That's a big one going on right now. And then be sure to you're using, you know, legitimate government websites to attain the information. And just cannot stress enough, do not reveal any personal or financial information via email, text message, or over the phone. Anything like that's going to be coming through the mail or they already have it. And there are some staggering numbers coming out of this. Um, just since coronavirus has sort of surged in the last few weeks, the FTC, which is the Federal Trade Commission, has reported more than 7,800 coronavirus reports um, that have been filed by consumers. And that equates to a loss of nearly $5 million. So it's happening. Be really careful. Be really cognizant of it. And just, again, don't give out that information. And if you think that there's a scam going on or that you don't know or you want to see if there have been other calls about it, the Indiana Attorney General's office is the best person to or the best office to talk to about that. They have an entire department dedicated to consumer complaints. And that phone number for the Attorney General's office is 1-800-382-5516. Again, if there's something suspicious that you don't know about, contact the Indiana Attorney General's office, one 800 3825516 you can also find all of that information on their website as well so just be really careful folks we it's fortunate that there are people out there taking advantage of Hoosiers and citizens across the country in this time of crisis but they're out there so just be careful 
They're everywhere, unfortunately. Well, I always like to try to wrap things up on a good note. And one of the good things um, that our community does is comes together. And you've seen a lot of donations to um, your to the city workers and such. Can you tell us a little bit about those? Yeah, that's, it's always a good thing to see the community come together, like you said. And, you know, people here in town are making masks. And we have some incredible seamstress um, folks in town that are making high-quality products that they're donating to different places. We've had people donate to the police department and the fire department different items. Honda donated a lot of their paint gear, so full-on paint suits for PPE, protective personal equipment for them. So it's just been it's been interesting. It's been it's been good to see the community come together in a time of need. Of course, the food piece of it is big, and you know as people continue to go out and shop, they then donate some to some other people that may not be able to have it. And all of the Facebook groups that have popped up to lend support and hands um, up to people that need them it is really really good to see. It's unfortunate that we need it, but keep up the good work, everybody, and we'll keep a strong community together. Absolutely. Well, sir, stay healthy. And, and Thank you. And everybody else out there, stay health, healthy as well. Uh, keep an eye on local government. Be sure to practice that social distancing six feet. When you go to the stores, you know, only take the one person that needs to go. Don't take a bunch of folks. And uh, just be safe and, and be smart. We'll get through this uh, sooner rather than later.